Welcome back to the Yet We Thrive podcast. This is episode 136, and this month we have the lovely Casey Watkins standing in for Jess. She promises she'll be back next month, but in the meantime, we are so thrilled that Casey is here with us. We also have special guest Mia Baldwin here to tell us her story. October is National Miscarriage and Infant Loss Awareness Month, so we're bringing women on to share their stories of loss with you. Thank you so much for being here, Mia. Um, Before we begin, what is something that is frustrating you and something that is bringing you joy? Um, I had to prepare for this because I had no idea at first, but frustrating me is I had to cancel my camping trip this weekend. Oh, no. Um, I know. I was so upset, but there was like just some red flags that kept going on. Well, first of all, I couldn't figure out my tent, so that wasn't a good one. (laughs) That'll do it. Yeah, one of the girls that I was supposed to go with got COVID, and so. Oh, and then something bringing me joy. I had to think about this too. Um, I just joined Burn Boot Camp, um, which is like a gym. I've only been there for one month, and I just did my second, like it's called an in-body scan, and I lost five pounds of fat and gained three pounds of muscle, and I thought that was huge. So I'm really proud of myself for that. Way to go! Good for you. Thank you. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. What about you, Casey? My frustration is a really cute frustration. (laughs) (laughs) My cat, Hermione, has been coming in earlier and earlier in the morning for snuggles. (laughs) (laughs) It started out at like 5 a.m., which is just like a little bit earlier than my husband, Carl, gets up. So, you know, I was like, "Ah, he can, you know, he can scratch your belly and all that stuff and at this point I think we're at 1 a.m oh my goodness and yeah but you know on the flip side of that kitty snuggles kitty snuggles kitty snuggles are my joy and I will say she does get up with my husband and then she comes back later after he's left for more so and at that point I'm like oh yes I will absolutely (laughs) come on in you (laughs) so yeah it's a little frustrating but also it's a cute frustration, but also so sweet and such a good joy. I love it. I love that. Well, what's frustrating me is I woke up with a headache today and that's mm-hmm. just, I just have gotten a lot this year, just the weather and mm-hmm. allergies and it's just been a bad year for headaches. It's just not just for me, but for all my headache yeah. having friends. Me too. It's just a bad year for it. Um, so that's frustrating. But what's bringing me joy is um, I just went to the Wild and Free Conference which is a community of homeschooling moms. And I went back in September and it was just what I needed. Just breathing life into me and like, this is why you're doing this. And it's going to be great. Even on the hard days, it's going to be worth it. And girls weekend, we stayed in a house with a bunch of girls and that was just fun because how often do you get to do that Mm -hmm. as a busy mom of four and just, you know, work and time and schedules and mm-hmm. all that. So mm-hmm. that is still bringing me a lot of joy, even though I've been home for a couple weeks now. It's been, it's been good. Lots of joy. Well, thank you, Mia, for joining us. Um, Mia and I met just a couple months ago at a market where we were both vendors. She was there with Island Elm, which I would love for you to tell us more about eventually, Mia, but um, I was there for Get We Thrive. We started talking and now here we are. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am a mother to three 
beautiful children, Everett, August, and Isla. Uh, my husband is Tommy. He's a musician. Um, I have this Etsy store. We're moving off of Etsy and we're building our own website right now. And we do pop-up markets. And so that's what, or that's how we met. So I have that business going with a friend. It's called Isla and Elm. It's named after our daughters. So my daughter is Isla. And then her three girls are Emmy, Lily, Maddie. And so that's where the Elm came from, ELM. Um, and the reason that we started that, so we started that almost a year ago in November. And um, we just needed something to remind us of our purpose and um, remind us to be intentional with our motherhood. So it's kind of silly but sometimes if you just have like a cute shirt on or you have like your iced coffee cup and it's like really cute it makes you feel confident and it kind of recenters you and reminds you to be more intentional and so that's what um our story is and that's what we want to inspire yeah absolutely I don't think that's yeah. silly at all they've got really cute stuff so definitely check them out <laughs> thank you and I love um, it every time I put it on I'm like this is really cute and I really like which it. one did you get I got the, it's like a mustard, but like not tie dye, but not like a solid mustard in the mama. Yeah, the mama. Yeah, I love that. Okay. And then also I'm a homeschool mom. So I I forgot that we had talked about that before. So we started a co-op this year. I have a first grader and a preschooler. Last year, we just kind of went for it ourselves. But this year, I really like the co-op. It's giving us a lot more structure. It gives me a little more free time. Um, And then it also just kind of reminds me to be intentional with other classes at home too, Mm -hmm. because we're just using it for um, an enrichment thing. So there he's just doing like a Bible class, a cooking class, a nature class, um, a math fun class, Spanish class. So just stuff to enrich his knowledge. And then uh, we're doing core classes at home. So Yesterday we did like five days of English. And then when it came to reading, I was like, I'm going to lose my patience. So then my husband took over and did like three or four days of reading with them. So yeah. Yeah. Teaching kids to read is basically, it's like potty training and teaching kids to read are my two least favorite things to do. (laughs) That's funny. And for some reason, my kids got potty training so fast. So yeah, hopefully I get the hang hang of reading. I just want to say way to go. Like I don't have kids, but I feel like most of the like people, especially with younger kids that I talk to, like they're doing all the fun nature stuff at home and they're in a a co-op for like the math and the hard stuff. So the fact that you have it like flip-flopped, girl, way to go. Get it. That's amazing. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. Well, where does your story begin, Mia? So I got pregnant in January uh, of this year, 2023, and uh, found out, I think, February 4th that I was pregnant. And I was very early along. I hadn't even missed my cycle yet. And um, I don't know. I just felt like I should take a test. And I was shocked that it was positive. And my husband was shocked that it was positive. Because in November of last year, I started thinking, I, I want four kids close together. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a son that's born in the spring, one born in the winter, and one born in the summer. And so I'm like, I really would like to just have a fall baby. Mm-hmm. And so in November, I'm like, okay, if I get pregnant in December or January, then like I'll have a fall baby. And um, yeah, I mean, I just thought that. 
And it was just funny because I even calculated the due date before I even knew that I was pregnant. It was like, okay, I'm not <laughs> pregnant this month, but if I get pregnant next month, my due date will be October 19th. I, I really wanted another baby. I was having just like um, thoughts and feelings that something was wrong. Sometimes it as a mother, it's hard to determine if they're intrusive thoughts or intuitive thoughts. Mm. And that's the line that I was writing for a few weeks. Um, so it was Easter and I was 12 weeks pregnant and I had just had a conversation. I was at, we were at friend's house and she was just kind of like asking me, how's it going, whatever. And I was like, I'm kind of having trouble connecting to this baby I don't really know what it means yet but you know I'll figure it out and she's like yeah and then um then like an hour later I went to the bathroom and I had a little bit of spotting and I just knew immediately and then uh that Monday morning um the bleeding had picked up and I decided to call my midwives and I was seeing um local midwives at a hospital. And so I said, I'm having spotting. I want to come in for an ultrasound right away. And the front desk girl was like, okay, can you be here in 20 minutes? And I was like, yeah, I can. And my husband was at Target. So I called him and I'm like, come get me right now. We're going. So he raced home, picked me up and we left the kids with my grandma. And um, we went there and found uh, that my baby was not much bigger than about eight or nine weeks gestation and did not have a heartbeat. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I had had a miscarriage and didn't even know Mm. for a few weeks. Um, And then my midwife that came in, her name is Jill. I I love her. And um, she was just so compassionate and um, just kind of I don't think she prayed with us, but she shared this vision with me that God had given her of all of the babies um, in heaven with him. And it was like really comforting, but I think I was in just such shock that I didn't really know how to think or what questions to ask or anything, you know. I had had a home birth previously and I do natural birth. And so I she didn't really provide me with a lot of information on what it was going to be like when I actually passed the baby. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt most unprepared for. And then miscarriage and just the actual losing the baby was probably the most shocking part of it all. Did you do that at home? Yeah, I was at home. And um, well, actually, at first I was at my dad's house. We were having a cookout. I was feeling like kind of crampy. And then my daughter kept running away. And then I asked my sister-in-law to go get her. And I just kind of knew that I was feeling off. And then um, the cramping started to pick up and they started to feel more real. And I was like, I have to go. And so I loaded the kids up and I drove the 30 minutes home. And it was actually crazy because my husband didn't come with me because he was supposed to go to a, I think it was a wake. Yeah. Like, or like a viewing or whatever for a funeral. And so we were doing separate things. And I called him and I'm like, I'm on my way home. I think it's about to happen. And he's like, okay, something told me to stay home. So I'm here waiting for you. And I'm like, oh, praise God. So I get home 
And the whole drive home, I'm just like these strong waves and contractions. Then I got home and I just went and I laid in my bed for like an hour and a half. And I just had to breathe through them and let my body do its thing. And then, I mean, can I get kind of graphic? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think some people might appreciate it. So I want to just share. So um, I'm having these contractions, which as a home birth and natural birth mom, I can tell you contractions at two months pregnant were the same contractions at nine months pregnant. Um, They just kind of don't last as long because I was only like in labor or whatever for maybe a couple hours. So then my water broke and I instantly filled a pad with blood and I had to jump up and run to the bathroom and I'm like yelling for my husband. These are the supplies that I need. I need you to bring me a bowl. I need you to bring me gloves. I need you to bring me water. I need you to bring me this stuff. And he's like, okay, just panicking, freaking out, running around the house, trying to get stuff for me. And I sat on the toilet and I'm like, I don't want to lose my baby in the toilet. And so I stood up in the shower and I held a bowl in between my legs and I just collected all of the tissue and clots. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely insane just having to like pull clots out of me. In the moment, all I could think about was what I was doing. But afterwards, I was just kind of like, that was insane. I had no idea that miscarriage could be like that. And um, yeah, so after I had my baby and the bleeding stopped, I sat in the bath for like 20 minutes. And then I got out and I called my home birth midwife. And she um, just spoke everything that I needed to hear. And I was able to say, what just happened? Is this normal? Because if I didn't have her, I probably would have gone to the ER. And um, she was just able to kind of triage my call and say, it sounds like you're okay right now. You need to call me if things start start up again. Um, she told me to fill the bowl with water and dissolve some of that blood, worry away some of the clots, and then strain it out. And then what will be left will just be tissue. And so then I was able to find my baby and able to find uh, the placenta and I sent her videos and stuff. And she's like, yep, that's your baby. Even though you could see it, it was like the size of a fingernail and uh, had head, body, arms, legs, hands, feet. You could see his eyes and yeah, just something I will never forget. Thank you so much for sharing all the details of that, Mm -hmm. because like you said, I think so many people, I don't think they're misinformed. I think they're uninformed Mm -hmm. about what miscarriage at home looks like. I feel like if you're in a hospital setting, which some, some women are for different reasons, it feels less, less jarring. Maybe it's still not ever a good experience, but if you're in a hospital and bleeding a lot, it's just, it's just, you have a different thought process about it, I guess. Yeah. Whereas if you're at home and doing it yourself, that there's more panic, I guess, involved. Just, is this right? Is this okay? Because you don't have anybody there next to you saying, yes, this is normal. Yes, this is what's going to happen. But the stories that I've heard from women who have miscarried at home are just, they're, they're like that. They're bloody and painful physically and emotionally. And I mean, horrific, honestly, just... Mm -hmm to go through that in your own bathroom with your own two hands. It's just wild to me. Um, And I don't know why doctors, nurses 
don't inform you that it's going to be? Because I don't think that some of them know. So after my experience, I was able to uh, go back to my midwife and say, the one that told me that I had lost the baby. And I was like, I want you to have better conversations with these women because I felt really unprepared. And she had even had miscarriages, but none of them were like that. And um, so she, she just didn't know what to tell people. And so that's kind of where I feel like God has led me to be able to share my story to inform all women on what it can look like. Because I think that a lot of people focus on the grief and the grief is there. But for me, I was just so shocked that I didn't know what it could be like. And miscarriage is becoming more talked about. And you know so many women that it affects, but then you don't actually know what it's like, you know? You don't, no one talks about it. And I never thought it would happen to me. I've had three healthy, beautiful pregnancies and now children. And Mm -hmm. so it's just something that I think that every woman needs to be educated on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, every woman, whether they have issues or not, you know? Absolutely. Mm I love that you had the presence of mind to like call out to your husband, like, this is what I need. And I'm, I'm sure the home births help with that, the knowledge of like, but I, I'm sure most women wouldn't even know to ask for those things because you're just in a state of shock and you don't know what's coming. So kudos to you for having that presence of mind. Mm -hmm. But also I love that you went and talked to your midwife and told her to just have better conversations with women because I think we just need that so much to have those like gentle, loving conversations with our providers to give better information. For me, when I, I miscarried um, and I ended up having a DNC, but they, in the in-between time of like, we're sending you home so you can come back tomorrow and we'll do the DNC. They did tell, they did tell me, they were like, just so you know, if your body starts going naturally, that's okay. It will probably get really bloody and messy. Just be prepared for that. And so I was grateful to have that. And they even gave me like medication in case it got too bloody. I felt like so many women just don't even have that. Oh, yeah. It'd get really bloody and it could get really messy. Yeah. Uh, or even sometimes if they do tell you, you're probably in a state of shock and you're not retaining that information. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It would be great if you could like step by step, this is likely what, or this is what could happen, even though everybody's different, you know, you'll feel whatever. And even after the DNC, I ended up having to have two DNCs because it was twins and there was not enough. They didn't get enough the first time. But even after my DNC, I was having contractions. I was in so much pain and my sister's on the couch with me and my husband and they're calling the doctor and they're like, she is contracting what, like, this is a few days later. This shouldn't be happening. She can't even talk. She's in so much pain. And that's not super normal after DNC, but it can be. <laughs> and so it's just like, that would have been nice to know, like, hey, you can accept. They had told me, you'll have some cramping, is what they told me. And this wasn't my doctor who told me that. It was somebody else who told me. And they're like, you will have some cramping. And I was like, no, these are like contractions. These are, but after my second DNC, it was, it wasn't, it was way easier and way better. So I think, I don't know if it's just because I needed a second or if, I don't know, but. Were yeah. you uh, asleep for both of them or just? Or yeah, for the DNCs. Yeah. 
because sometimes if you're like contracting or starting to bleed too much like you just they have to help you they have to save you that's what happened to a friend in may or uh, june maybe she had to she started hemorrhaging and so she went in and had to have a dnc and she was just awake for it all and she actually didn't even know she had a dnc she was like describing it all to me and i'm like anna that was a dnc and she's like no because a dnc you're asleep and i'm like yeah usually you are if you plan them yeah and that's so wild. yeah yeah, doctors don't tell you anything. They just, <laughs> but just I mean, thank God she's okay. Oh man, the more you know. Wow. Yeah. Well, how was your marriage in the midst of everything happening, Mia? It wasn't like we were okay. I think he was traumatized by watching all of it because I don't know. I just like my, um, I don't, what word am I looking for? My natural and innate self just took over and knew what to do without knowing what to do. Um, and I don't even know how aware I was when I'm, when I was going through the miscarriage, my body and my mind and my heart was just all synced up and I knew what to do, but he's on the other side, just watching this and um yeah it totally shocked him he did he had no idea what it was going to be like there were times where like i would try to get him to talk about it but he just he doesn't like to talk about it and then it made me realize how much of a verbal processor i was he didn't really want to talk to me about it but i was able to talk to a lot of women around me and that's really just where my um idea for my nonprofit blossomed was just in my conversations with friends and family. Tell us about your community during this time. Do you feel like you had a good community around you? Yeah, definitely. Um, the morning after my miscarriage, we were supposed to have this um, Bible study group um, at our house, and I texted um the wife of the other couple that was coming over and she has had 11 miscarriages. And so I, yeah, I know. Um, So I texted her and I was like, just so you know, this just happened. I still want you to come over. Like I need you. And she came over and we just sat on the couch while the kids tore at my house and the husbands talked about music and um, yeah. And we were at their house, um, when I had started like on Easter, that was the couple that we were at their house. And um, yeah, but then also like my mom, my aunt and my cousin Gabby, like they were just there to listen to me and tell me. And so that's what I'm like talking to all of these women in my life helped me realize that I was was a verbal processor. But then also like the questions and the things that they were saying to me really sparked ideas inside of me and kind of like, lit a fire because as soon as I had my miscarriage, I was like, I need to make a change. Something needs to happen because how did I not know that this is what it was going to be like? So yeah, going to them and saying like, this is my idea. This is, this is what I want to change. This is what I would do to help other women. And so then they would just kind of like, like my aunt said, this is the legacy of your baby. You need to give him a name. And so I was like, yeah, you're right. I do. Then the next morning, just, uh, I was praying and reading my Bible. And then the Lord led me to Psalm 23, whereas the Lord is my shepherd. And I gave my baby the name shepherd. I love that. That's amazing. That's so good. I was going to say there's, 
so much to be said about your friends and your family coming around you and supporting you, but there's also so much to be said about you specifically coming in and saying, I need you. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like so many people are waiting for people to come to them and there's nothing wrong with people coming to you, but sometimes we also need to reach out and say, it's a two way path and say, Hey, I am having a hard time. I do. I do need you right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that's so good. Um, Tell us about the nonprofit that you started. Okay, so this is the change that I made. Um, I've started a nonprofit, and it's called The Mother Shepherd, and we create and distribute miscarriage kits. The kit supplies include the contents that you need when passing the pregnancy at home. Um, There's a couple comfort items in there, and there is um, a folder of information and some remembrance items in there, too. In the kit, there are a couple chucks pads um, just for, you know, sanitary purposes. And then there's two specimen um, container hats that you just will sit under the toilet lid, put the lid down, and then you would be able to pass contents into the toilet. And so it would just collect all the contents. And then what we did was we drilled holes in the bottom of one of them. And so they're stacked. And um, the idea is that you would be able to fill it with water dissolve it and then just lift that upper hat away to strain away um, blood and then um, what would be left would be tissue so you would be able to find your baby easier Um, there's a pair of gloves there's a peri bottle there is um, a vessel for the baby and saline uh, to preserve it if you want to do genetic testing there's a black there's a bag for the placenta If you choose to do genetic testing on that and you want to um, save your baby for burial, there's a burlap sack that can just double as a burial vessel too in there. Yeah, so I really went through and tried to think um, what I would have needed. And yeah, so then um, I also have had so many women come together and so these heating packs for me, and it's just those microwavable rice heating packs the thought is that you would just be able to put it on your belly while you're cramping to just give you a little bit of comfortability. Yeah, it's really beautiful and really heartbreaking at the same time. Just like holding holding that, I don't know what it is about holding those packs, but it's just like, this is one woman and she's going to put it on her belly on the worst day of her life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just kind of like, it reminds me how per, like uh, personal, personal it is, you know, uh, there's also, um, a scrunchie. If you just want to put your hair up there and, and then in the folder on one side, there is a packet that contains all of the information that you're going to need. So what to expect if you're passing the tissue at home, um, if you end up going with a medical route, um, you have the, the drug that they give you, uh, I think it's Cytotec. Yeah, I think so that all of that information is in there and then information on D and C is in there too. And then there's also information on memorial options, trying again and genetic testing. And then on the other side, I have this beautiful hand painted, um, forget me not flower. And, um, yeah, you can frame it and put it, you know, on a shelf in your living room. And, uh, then there's also a letter from me. Uh, and then I have another packet of, stories of other women's firsthand accounts of their miscarriage just because every woman is different just to hear different stories help better prepare you and not um so you don't feel so alone during that time 
You really covered all the bases. Mm-hmm. That's Thank amazing. You. <laughs> like I was, ah, uh, yeah. I okay. mean, literally everything. There's, there's so many amazing, great boxes out there that you can send or give to somebody who is miscuring, and they're all so good in their own right. But this is the most unique one that I've heard of. That of all that, like probably the most practical. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. that's amazing. Well, Thank and empowering you. too. Yeah, I mean, I would call it empowering because you're not only providing them, you know, with things that will hopefully make it a little easier. I say that with quotations because it's not easy, but right, you know, but also the information is yes. just like having that is so empowering. And yes. That's a good word for it, Casey. Yeah. So good. So my goal is that these kits will just be the new standard of care. So if you go to your doctor and you find out that you lost your baby or um, I also, I just want them accessible everywhere. So like correctional facilities and Mm -hmm. affordable women's clinics, they just need to be everywhere. Once you find out that you lost your baby, then you need to walk out of their office with my kit. Yes. And um, so that's the change that I'm going to make. Um, Right now, we're just in the trial state. I have the first 50 kits assembled. I've sent uh, most of them out, and um, I'm just waiting for feedback from a couple providers and uh, hopefully a couple moms. And then I will make a few tweaks, and then I have another 50 trial set. They're going to go out again, uh, make a few more tweaks, perfect it. And then I'm going to order custom boxes and custom boulders. And hopefully by my goal is that by the end of the year, I'll be able to start bringing this into hospitals. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you. You moved so quickly mm-hmm. with everything, which I think sometimes we need that. Like that's what keeps us going, but that's just a lot accomplished in such a small amount of time. So thank you. Your powerhouse. What would you say to anybody walking a similar journey? For me, my faith has just been a big part of it. I felt like I had no other option but to trust God. And even just the day after it happened, before I even had the idea of the miscarriage kits yet, I just kept saying, glory to God. Whatever this is, I know that it will be for the glory of God. And I just encourage people to get into his word and be open to him moving in you. That's so good. Well, thank you so much, Mia, for joining us today. It has been an honor to hear your story and about your nonprofit. And it sounds like you are just doing wonderful things with your experience. So we are so grateful for you. Our Thrive Tip this month is honor your story. Being National Miscarriage and Infant Loss Awareness Month, we couldn't think of a better time to honor your story. There are so many ways, big and small, to honor your story. Anything from lighting a candle to starting a community for women like you. No matter what you decide, there's no right or wrong way to honor your story. And we know that whatever you choose will be impactful. However you decide to honor your story, we want to know. Send us a message on Instagram at YetWeThrive. Or shoot us an email at hello at yetwethrive.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.